Welcome to the new and improved Configure It Done podcast. The Configure It Done podcast is now a place where we interview senior thought leaders in the SAP space across Australia and New Zealand. And the aim is to tap into their knowledge so we can pass on their insights to the listening SAP community. Please subscribe to the podcast and like, share and comment across Castos, YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This podcast is in partnership with the Black Dog Institute who aim to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. If you wish to donate to the cause, please click the link below. Welcome back to the Configure It Done podcast and thank you to all our listeners and the support we've been receiving. Uh, please keep liking and sharing all our content across Apple Music, Spotify, Castos and YouTube. Now, today we've got another fantastic guest um, and we're with the Senior Vice President of Experience Management and Analytics, uh, Mark O'Donnell. Um, he works for Rising at the minute and in this podcast, he's going to speak about the difference between employee experience and customer experience and Rising's unique approach to employee experience. He also talks about having a plan around um, data that is captured as well and what the next 10 years looks like which is a very very exciting time in the market like i said please like share and comment and enjoy the podcast today with mark how are you mark anyway you well yeah no it's it's been um a little hectic to be honest it's a busy time of the year yeah you know just customers looking to you know it's it, people it's dawning on them right where here we are end of the year is approaching projects they want to get finished, projects they want to get started, budgets that are going to get used, all, all that usual razzmatazz come Q4, right? So it's it's arriving, it's arriving with a rush. And uh, it's it's interesting time, like whether we get into this topic or not later in the conversation today, but the, um, you know, the market's changing, right? The, the BTP is, is arriving and people are starting to, um, they're starting to, believe the art of the possible i think again right in terms of the way that sap can be used and i had um had a colleague that i work with i've worked with her internally for about five or six years now and she's been in the sap space longer than i have and she came out of the old you know r3 environment back in the day right but ec and you know so a real traditional sap consultant which was a you know um start with a business problem, develop a technical solution, develop a, a de develop a functional solution, develop a technical solution on top and deploy, right? And we went away from that into cloud and standard process and all the rest of it. And we sort of arrived at what's old is new again a little bit, right? With, um, you know, you, you've got your, your clean core concept and I think that makes a lot of sense to everybody, but you're back with BTP, you're back in the environment of, okay, well, what's your problem? How can we fix it? Let's look at all the technical solutions that are available. Put some put some pieces together and really come up with an outcome. So it's it's kind of exciting to be honest to to be back doing some genuine consulting in that space again and uh, facilitating. Yeah, longer than the days of the the techie in the corner just configuring. It's all about no. um, yeah business benefit. Well, interesting for you guys, right? What 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 are your you know what you guys see in the market? I think is going to change and different conversation but if i put my hr hat back on when i was running hr and recruitment in in rising and investor and gmc and others that i've played that role right we we talked probably nearly 10 years ago about a model that had consultants value being around 
you know, an 80, 20 type rule, right? Where we had 20% of their work was around, um, best practice and standardized solution. And 80% was, um, customization, right? If you look at where, especially in like the success factors world, right? Where that, that has gone to, it's, it's a complete reversal, right? People are being, have been implementing best practice solutions and standard workbooks and those types of things. And they've been doing very little customization. And it's really changed the the experience and the training consultants have coming into the industry. And I think we're going to go back the other way a little bit now where, you know, what is your value to a customer and what do you offer to the industry? They really, really need to have, you know, hands on both technical and functional knowledge or have deep industry knowledge that supports the, the functional side of an implementation around change management, business value and those types of things. So I think it's going to be a really interesting decade really as... Mm as individuals evolve their own skill sets to, to find where they fit in the new world. So yeah, interesting. That's a really interesting insight you have there, Mark. But before we dive into to that, can you give me a bit of an overview of your, your background, um, mm-hmm. and basically the last 15 years and what you've done? Yeah. Well, hi everybody. Um, and thanks for the invitation, Jay. So yeah, over 15 years now in the SAP ecosystem, uh, a large variety of roles. I really came across SAP by opportunity and timing. Uh, came into the space in in a HR role of all things, uh, cross HR and recruitment, and a really dedicated focus on everything enterprise asset management. So a really heavy focus around the PM and MM modules to get started. And yep. never been a hands-on consultant myself, but I I grew. Uh, a very extensive network of people in that space working exclusively, uh, hiring a lot of them early days, right? Really building out project teams for my first consulting company. Uh, we had some big projects running in a global template implementation for some of the big mining organizations and really expanded to uh, to know, get to know a lot of people and a lot about what the industry does. It's quite a, uh, a niche, um, niche area, isn't it? Yeah, it really was. Uh, and I think... Um, a huge part of the reason I've been successful was that I was able to be so focused and uh, dedicated to a niche space to start with, really yeah. getting an understanding for the people in that space, who they all were, where they all sat, what they're all interested in doing, how the product was evolving and how projects were being delivered. You know, those really big global template implementations that were pretty popular at that point in time, um, but also allowed me to really start to build out an understanding of what SAP had become and where it had come from and, uh, you know, the history of the people that came before me and, and what they'd done through the R2 and R3 days and into EC and, and now into S4 and all the rest of it. Right. But, uh, it, it was a, it was a great starting position for someone coming into the industry for sure. Um, I understand really different, right. As well. Most people are hands on the tools from day one. They get to build their knowledge through the product and understanding how the implementation goes for when you you're a part of a team that's actually putting together the groups of people that go and do that work you see it from a completely different angle um and i think that was um really advantageous in my point of view and then o- over time um through those organizations i went from you know recruiting into hr and into management and then operational excellence and capability design and and then in the last sort of six years, years or so, it's been coming back to the customer, right? So I come from a, a customer facing background and, and now I'm back out working with customers in the SAP environment, uh, having come through the internal workings of the organization, which has been, uh, which has been fantastic, right? A really great opportunity to take my own learnings through our internal development and growth 
yeah. uh, and the exposure to all those projects that I've had from afar, uh, and, and bring it to, to light for our customers, um, today. Sure. Sure. And fast forward to, to today, um, tell us a bit about, um, your, your role and what you're doing and who you're working for now, Mark. Yeah, sure. So my, I work these days for rising the Wipro company. So we, uh, rising has been around, uh, 13 or 14 years. It was, um, it's been through a number of changes in title over the, over the time. I, I started, um, about that long ago, about 13 years ago in, in Australia with a small group of us. And we were at that point known as Vesta partners, again, focused on enterprise asset management. Yep. A uh, series of, um, private equity buyouts and acquisitions that led us through a number of changes and ultimately to, uh, over a year ago now being acquired by Wipro, um, and becoming a part of the SAP brand at Wipro's organization. So, um, my current role in that group, I'm the senior vice president of operational excellence and, uh, analytics or experience management and analytics, I should say, um, operational excellence was my previous title. So, uh, yeah, I look after a couple of different things. So, um, we have a global Qualtrics practice, everything experience management. So firsthand experience now in helping, um, a really broad range of customers develop experience management solutions through the Qualtrics platform and its integration to SAP and success factors in particular. Yep. And the other side is analytics. So, um, playing a, a leadership role in our business technology platform practice and specifically around, uh, the HR and people analytics spaces, we've developed some boutique and unique solutions around the BTP uh, network or platform and its ability to help um, our customers uh, expand and develop their people analytics capability. Sure, sure. Now, just um, staying on that same topic of, of Rising, and Mark, I know when we, we met before, um, you said Rising had a kind of a unique approach. And one of the topics we wanted to discuss today was about employee experience versus customer experience. Um, can you, can you share what the approach is with you, yeah. those two? Yeah. So, um, a little over two years ago, I got the opportunity to step into our experience management practice and we, we, uh, we have a, a partnership agreement with Qualtrics, which is one of the first that was established in a, in a global capacity. Um, so we're, you know, really, really well affiliated to, to their products, but also their XM Institute, which drives the science behind the methodology that they deploy. Yep. Uh, and we, and we looked at, you know, they've got a range of solutions in everything from employee experience to customer experience, to brand experience and product and all these other, all these other areas. So we took a, a no frank assessment of what we could offer and what they brought to the table and made a decision to really just focus on, on the employee experience space. And that was about leveraging you know, a really significant success factors and HR practice that we've got across the world uh, and really honing uh, that experience and those skill sets around how that can add value and, and um, increase the, uh, the return on investment for customers that are using the Qualtrics platform. So that's quite unique in the, in the uh, customer landscape around Qualtrics. If you, if you look at the other partners in the network, they are generally full suite. There's a there's a huge book of revenue to go and chase in the customer experience space. Yeah. Um, so we became quite a niche player and in becoming a niche player, we really did become specialists and we really put our head down and figured out exactly what needs to be done to integrate to SAP and really make sure that when customers are picking up Qualtrics and they have success factors in place that they can really harmonize those two solutions and get the best value or best bang for their buck in terms of the money that's being spent, right? 
um, that that's been a fantastic journey. There is there is um, you know a, an enormous amount of work that was done by both those organisations to integrate. Obviously, people are generally these days pretty familiar with the, the the Qualtrics history, right? They got acquired by SAP and listed, and now they're privately owned again. But there was a power of work done around integration and capability that's really pretty lightly used, if I'm being honest, in the industry. We see a lot of scenarios now where we walk into existing Qualtrics user bases and they've got uh, little or no integration in place and they're really, you know, taking advantage of a really small proportion of the tool's capability in terms of its capacity to really shine and add value to your organization. So, yeah, really unique uh, approach compared to the market in terms of how we went about that. Um, we, we did lift our practice into a, a global uh, a centralized global role. We, we we chose, sorry, I should say, to shift it away from our success efforts and HCM practice and into a global role. And that was about giving us the capacity to look at how Qualtrics can impact our other lines of business. We've got a, a, a large consumer industries and fashion organization. We've got a, an enormous enterprise asset management organization, unsurprisingly. Uh, so we've always been um, keen to keep an eye on how what we're doing with the Qualtrics product around employee experience can benefit those organizations. Sure, sure. So you mentioned that a couple of times that integration between um, SAP and employee solutions. Can you touch a bit more on on that? Yeah, sure. So um, I think the the big thing that we found relatively rapidly with these products was that there was opportunity to really provide significant upside on existing success factor solutions for customers. Right. So there was uh, an inextricable link between the pain that we heard customers having in the market uh, and, you know, in, in their practical business sense and what we could do with these solutions. So th the greatest examples that we've got are, are through a product that it's called Lifecycle in the Qualtrics solution set. Yeah. And it, it gives you a, a series of solutions that are available to help solve business problems, right? And, and the two most obvious ones and the ones that we implement the most are both the onboarding and exit solutions, okay? And onboarding... Surprise, surprise connects with your onboarding processes through success factors and exit the same, right? So we're able to find a way to integrate that solution. So it really does fit seamlessly as part of your success factors module, right? So from an end user's perspective, someone joins the organization, goes through a recruiting process, gets onboarded. They really know no different than anything other than success factors, right? It appears and feels to them just like any other onboarding process as part of success factors. But what the organization is receiving from that is really rich and contextual data that tells them a lot about the experience those people are having from potentially as early as the day they land on their career site, depending upon how, how they implement the different products, all the way through their life cycle as an employee to the day that they exit, right? So we get all this really rich contextual information and it's not just a series of dashboards and information on a page that you look at and go, oh, gee, that's interesting, but what happens now? It's prescriptive information that actually derives the organization towards direct action to fix the problems that you're seeing. And that's really the bit, Jay, that, that I fell in love with, right? Having come out of a background where I was practically applying these solutions or parts yep. of them in my previous roles, I could see the value in having a solution integrated and available that was going to prescribe action to the business to actually help solve the problems that we're seeing. So we're talking about being able to identify that at, you know, the 30-day mark of your onboarding process that there were gaps, that people felt like they weren't being trained appropriately or they didn't have access to the right IT or they didn't have a mentor or whatever it was that might be 
um, potentially creating a divergence away from someone re being retained by the organization, we could identify that and yeah. have our tools and programs actually prescribe action so that people can then make changes so that those things don't become reality for you. So really, really practical, uh, insightful and useful was really the way I talked about it with customers a lot, right? It's, it's not just a dashboard that sits in the background tick. We've, we've got us, we've got something managing the onboarding process and giving us some data. It was actually tools that were prescribing actions so that you could actually, um, make, make a change the way that data was coming through in the future. Yeah. I noticed this when we met before, you're very kind of passionate in, in that space. And, um, I think your comment you made, like, like you said there, it's, it's not just about the, the data and ticking the box. Um, it's actually the most important thing to have a plan uh, around it. Um, what, what insights do you have around kind of that plan? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, this is probably the number one thing that we see in organizations that have already implemented and we come in after the fact and help them pick up, pick up the pieces sometimes. Um, the, the, the biggest, um, Delta between those that do it really well and those that don't outside of integration, because, you know, putting the technical side away for a moment is a, is a plan to use that data that you've now got available in a meaningful way. Right. So, you know, the, these platforms are now designed to be cascading, right? The data shouldn't live at the C-suite or the C-suite minus one. It's designed to be pushed down to line management and actually help them make decisions. Okay. So the organizations need to be brave enough to take the leap and say, we are going to let that data flow into our organization and let Jay and his team of 10 be impacted around the way that he makes decisions for his direct reports based on what the data is telling him. So, um, you know, that's, that's not a technology project, unlike, um, uh, unlike an implementation or, or technology integration, it's a change management activity, right? So you really need to have, um, buy-in from leadership and then a plan in place around how you're going to roll out that change. Cause it is, it is pretty significant, right? You, you talk about, um, putting in place the tech technical building blocks to give yourself the capability to gather and analyze this data and then look at how that data can be used to make better decisions. The final step is the confidence to turn around and say, okay, we're now going to release that data back to the business to actually let them make decisions. Sure, right. Sure. And that's, that's a pretty monumental step for a lot of organizations that have really held that stuff pretty tight for a long period of time. Excellent. So, so Mark, I'm going to ask you in a, in a sec, because uh, we're coming towards the end um, of the podcast, but um, who else you would like to, um, you'd like to hear, um, you know, like to hear on the podcast. But before, before I ask that question, um, if I'm a listener and I, I'm listening um, to yourself today around, around these great insights and great topics, what, what's the, the number one thing, the number one takeout that um, a listener could take away from today? Yeah, so, so I think for me, um, if we're, you know, there's, there's two angles to this for me, Jay. There's the technology piece and, and you know, where SAP is headed with the business technology platform. I think that's, um, if I if I put my, my geek hat on for a little bit, right? Not that I am. I wish I was sometimes, but um, <laughs> I think just the world of the possible, right, around BTP and, and where, how much opportunity we have in the SAP ecosystem now to really uh, problem solve, right? We've yep. really had our hands unshackled and, and there is, you know, there's, there's amazing applications and integrations and data, you know, the, the, the whole concept of data sphere and data mesh and, and the availability of information to flow across the ecosystem has never been greater. 
So you, you really can sit back and dream about how you want to solve business problems and, you know, go about putting the pieces together to make that a reality. I think that's really exciting. And I feel like for a period of time, I feel like we we're in a transition from the old EC environment where you really did build from the bottom up to a more standardized approach, which we talked about before. So on that one side, and then the, the other side is, um, you know, the stuff that I'm speaking to, right? The experience side of things. I think uh, we're only just really starting to understand how impactful employee experience is, right? There's there's a load of research by Qualtrics and others. Gartner have done a lot of work on it as well around the, the connectivity between employee experience and customer experience, right? And there's now no doubt that if you want to, you want to deliver an excellent customer experience, it has to start with employees. Right? Employee experience drives motivation it drives retention it drives intent uh all of those things are impacted directly by the experience your employees have and they are the people that determine the experience that your customers have right so one follows it's like a set of dominoes right one follows the other good employee experience leads to good customer experience leads to good commercial outcomes leads to better retention leads to better commercials and so the cycle continues so i think um from a business maturity perspective, I think our organizations everywhere have now got a real opportunity to sort of um, buy into that concept and make out of it what you can. Because I think we um, we do it loosely a lot right now, but you know, how many organizations that you know of have actually got something in place that has a mechanism that allows them to actually track and monitor what what does your employee experience look like and how does it feed into your customer experience and what benefits is that seeing? Uh, not many is the answer right now, but I think, you know, we've now got ourselves to a, a technical position and an architecture that will allow us to do that with the flow of data. So I think they're, they're the, you know, the big takeaways from these. Watch this space in terms of what happens next around that stuff. That's make it exciting for the next, um, yeah, next 10 years, isn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's, um, you know, I, I've said it a few times at nauseam, right? But the world of the possible is is never been greater in my eyes. I think, um, you know, as our, as consultant skill sets become uh, a a little more um, cross reference, right? We've got you know functional people becoming more technical and technical people becoming more functional, um, and there'll always be places for people at either ends of that scale. But I think um, it's you know. The concept of the citizen developer that SAP and others have come to market with more recently is meaning that, you know, it's, you aren't reliant on hard code, uh, back office stuff to, to get you up and running all the time. Now you can put in place solutions that will allow for uh, more business savvy business, um, motivated individuals to get their hands on the tools and, and really make things happen for businesses in a more rapid, uh, more rapid sense, which is, which is pretty exciting for sure. Exciting. Mark, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing those insights. It's absolutely fantastic for our um, for our listeners. Um, I asked you that question before about, and I, I ask this on every podcast, um, about anybody else you'd like to hear or learn from. Um, obviously, you've had a, a extensive career. You would have worked with um, so many different people. But is there anyone that kind of stands out for you that you'd love to love to hear come on the podcast? Uh, look, so, I mean, it, within my own network of people, the, the um, you know, there's a, there's a few people that really stand out. Like from my point of view, I've worked with a small group of professionals for a long period of time, and you know, 15, 15 plus years for some of these guys that I've worked with. And um, I find 
nuggets every time I talk to them. You know, someone like Peter Dunford, who's the the president of our EAM business across the globe. He, he ran Asia Pack EAM for a long period of time. A mentor of mine, long time. Uh, Drew Parkinson, who runs our HCM business in in Asia Pack these days. You know, they've just they've been around in the SAP environment even far longer than I have. That's for sure. Um, and they just have such great depth of knowledge about you know where that where we've come from as a as an industry and where we're headed. Uh, and I personally find every time I sit down to talk holistically about where we're going and and what's happened that I still I still learn from those guys. So they'd probably be the two. I think for you, for your listeners that would, you know, add the most depth to the conversation. Excellent. Mark, uh, thank you very much again. Thanks for coming on and sharing those insights. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Brilliant. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the Configure It Done podcast.